Born is the king. On an otherwise uneventful night, God would choose to step into his creation and shatter everything that this world and the people who lived in this world had come to comprehend. God, who had created all, who sustains all, would leave his place in the heavenlies and condescend as a baby to a mother whose life had been rocked by an angel who appeared, bringing a message of do not fear for you will give birth to a son. And your son will be given the throne that David left 28 generations before your life had begun. And your son will be called Jesus. And your son will not only rise in power over the people currently in existence, but he will reign forever over all of Jacob's descendants. And so, in the quiet of the night, beneath the canopy of God's celestial creation, the true good and beautiful Savior would enter. Who is this God that would send his only son to rescue the sinner? And what is this love that bypasses all outward hindrances as it directs its focus at the center, the center of the heart, penetrating deep into the depths of a need for belonging? This love was something that had never been seen only talked about around campfires, from grandfathers to grandchild, telling of promises that were yet to be fulfilled, from mothers to child, day after day, year after year, and now love, genuine love was here. And this king brought with him his kingdom, a king who would be drenched in peace, yet would lead us into the fight. A king who would step into the chaos and begin to make all things right. God had broken 400 years of silence in the silent of the night, and the night was marked over in the dawning of this light. God had spoken. He had spoken by delivering a king, and this king would reign. A king with a name that is above every other name, for this king would grow to live a perfect life, completely unstained. And this king would end up taking upon himself the sins of those he came to save. And this king would go into the grave and on the third day be raised, defeater of sin, conqueror of death, worthy of all praise. You see, we find ourselves caught up in a story that is far bigger than our mental capacity is able to hold. You see, it's easy for us to stand on this side of a cross and retell the story that was told, for we have 2,000 years of documented evidence to show us how the story unfolds. And truth be told, the story can tend to get a little bit old as if it's just a story of a virgin birth in a manger, but that's the danger that we must come to realize. And we must fix our eyes on the king that was born in Bethlehem that night and allow that king to have complete control of our lives for he still reigns and he will reign for all of eternity. So let us look back as we look forward and remember the melody that our God chose to sing. Born is the king. Christmas. Welcome to Hanover Street Bible Church. We're so grateful that you're here in person or if you're worshiping online with us, welcome. Uh, we're so glad that you're here tonight to worship our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'm going to ask if you guys want to stand right now. We're going to begin this Christmas evening by singing Joy to the World. 
do a lot of sitting tonight. I hope that's okay with you. Um, kind of wanted for this to feel like we were in our, uh, our our living room together, singing songs around the piano and, and the Christmas tree and the fireplace, because it's so warm and cozy up here. I wish you guys could be with me up here, but uh, we're grateful that you're here tonight, and uh, we're going to sing some Christmas carols, and I hope you'll, uh, you'll join us.
In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken on the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room for them available. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. There will, this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. do what the shepherds did. Let's adore Jesus.
celebrate Christmas together, it's important for us to understand the real meaning. And Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14 says this, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and we'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. This promise was given to Isaiah 700 years before Jesus was born. And we see the promise being fulfilled in Jesus. And the best part about it, if you think, is God walking among people. It's amazing. And then you see the story as Jesus spent a lot of time on earth and he got together what we call the disciples, the 12. And he spent a lot of time with them and miracles and other things happened. And then there's this event that we call the Last Supper when they all get together one more time. It's very interesting because in this passage you're going to see the last time they were going to get together, Jesus had so many things in mind as it was the one more time they would be together. And you see the disciples fighting among themselves who is going to be sitting next to Jesus when he will go to heaven. Others were promising him that he was gonna, they were going to be with him forever. And then later on, they will be betraying him. Or the other one who was saying that he was with them, but then he will be the main traitor before the cross. So it reminds me a little bit of a Christmas time when you're trying to get together with your kids at the table and you're trying to read the Advent and they're all doing their own thing and I must feel like Jesus was frustrated the way I sometimes I feel when I'm trying to do that with my kids. They totally missed the point because the point that Jesus was trying to get together with them, it was that they will remember everything that they have been doing together. And also that one day he was going to be gone and die on a cross for their sins. And that was a time to, for them to remember. Also a time for them to remember that one day they would be with Jesus in heaven. He would come for his church. And for that reason, we celebrate today communion. A time to remember what Christ has done for us on the cross. A time to remember that he walk among us. And also a time for repentance. You know, the word communion means it's Eucharistia, which means together with him, in communion with Christ. You can't be in communion with Christ if you don't belong to him. So this is a time for us. If you're a visitor with us, we welcome you to participate. You don't have to be a member of this church to participate, but you have to be in him. That means that at one point in your life, you made a decision to follow Christ. But also, that you have to be in the right relationship with Christ. That doesn't mean a perfect life. But you shouldn't be living in sin. Paul wrote this in 1 Corinthians 11, 28. He says, everyone ought to examine himself before they examine themselves, before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. So each Christian bears the responsibility before God to judge if you are ready to participate in communion. So we would like to give that time for you. Maybe you can do this as a family, but this is something between you and God. Then you can ask for forgiveness. It could be a time for repentance, a time you can pray. Maybe a time you can pray and, and 
thanking God for walking among us and dying on a cross for our sins. We're going to do that now and then we'll come back together. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. We, we're so thankful that you send your son to walk among us. God in flesh, you gave it everything for us, for our sins. And for that, we're thankful. We would like to thank you for everything that you've done for us. And also that we celebrate communion as we remember what you have done, but also that you are coming for your church. And for that, we give thanks for that hope that we have in you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Still in 1 Corinthians 11 says this, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in remembrance of him, we together. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes.
Father, as we come before you this evening, as we recognize the incredible gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, we are so grateful as we have celebrated communion, recognizing the gift that you gave and the sacrifice that you made for us. Let us respond with joy, thankfulness, and worship. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, have you ever had a, a very unique or strange message that was given to you? I want you to just think back of, of maybe one of the most unique or strange messages that you received. And how did you respond? Well, over 2,000 years ago, there was a group of shepherds. And they were doing their job, taking care of the sheep. And they had an incredibly unique message that was shared with them. Just a little bit ago, Jen read part of that story of the angel coming to the shepherds. The angel had a message, a message that those shepherds passed on to the people around them and a message of hope, a message of salvation that still changes lives today. And this was the message. Today is born for you in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You know, it's an interesting and powerful message brought on or brought by a powerful messenger. The angel was sent by God to deliver the message to the shepherds. It says in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. 
And behold, an angel of the Lord's, Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. The shepherds were shaking in their sandals when the angel came. You know, oftentimes we have a, a misconception of angels. You know, I've got a picture up here of what the angel may look like. The angel may be, uh, you know, we picture this cute little cuddly guy with wings sitting on a cloud, maybe strumming a harp, or, or maybe when you picture an angel, you picture Cupid, you know, with his little arrows, his love arrows, or, or maybe you think of Clarence from It's a Wonderful Life. But in Scripture, we see a whole different picture of angels. Every time in Scripture that angels appear, it says that, that those who saw them feared. They were scared to death. Why? Because the angels gave a glimpse of the glory of God. And what was the message that the angel shared? We see in verses 10 through 14, it says, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. What was the message? The message was that the Savior was born. The Messiah that had come, the one that they had been waiting for centuries, was now here. He had arrived. This was going to be a surprise guest coming to the world, and the angel gave the shepherd directions on how they could find him. It's an interesting story that took place Thanksgiving of 2003 in Iraq. There were around 600 soldiers that uh, had, were stationed in Iraq that were gathered together for the Thanksgiving proclamation as well as a Thanksgiving dinner. And Chief U.S. Administrator Paul Brewer was the host of this event, and, and as the event began, he got up in front of the soldiers, and he, and he began by saying, you know, it's protocol that the highest ranking official is the one who gives the Thanksgiving proclamation. And so I need to ask, is there anyone of a higher rank than me? And he turned around and out from behind the curtain came President Bush. There were 600 stunned soldiers in that room. And President Bush went on to share the Thanksgiving proclamation and serve these 600 soldiers Thanksgiving dinner. But you know, they weren't the only stunned ones because back in Texas, President Bush's family was expecting him for Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> and this was a top secret event and so not even his family was told about his trip to Iraq. And so can you imagine their surprise 
when they're watching on TV, now I know there's a little time difference there, but watching on TV and, and seeing the guy that was supposed to be there for dinner many thousand miles away sharing dinner with soldiers in Iraq. There were a lot of stunned people that evening. But that pales in comparison to the special guest that came to this earth in what we celebrate Christmas. And the, and the shepherds stunned as the angel came and shared with, him, with them the good news of great joy, which will be to all people. Because today is born for you in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. You know, God loved us so much that he moved into our sick and dying world. Now, it's interesting that God chose the shepherds to witness the birth of Jesus. Now, culture at that time taught that shepherds couldn't be trusted. In fact, they were not allowed to be a witness in a trial because no one could trust what they said. But God chose the shepherds to be the first witnesses of the birth of his son. Now, I'm sure that any first-year marketing major would have planned this event much differently. I mean, they would have had royalty coming to celebrate royalty. They would have sought out the most important people in Bethlehem and invited them to the event. Maybe even reach out to Jerusalem and, and bring some dignitaries from Jerusalem over to share and, and call the local TV stations, make sure it was on at both the 6 and 10 o'clock news. But instead, God chose the shepherds. You know, that marketing student would have tried to make it a star-studded event. But in the story of God coming to this earth, God only involved two stars. A star that had been a group of wise men from the east, who would eventually come to worship the Christ. But the most important, the light of the world, Jesus Christ, God himself, who came to this earth. The main characters in the story, as we've been looking in our services over the last few weeks, as we've been looking at the nativity scene, the main characters, a, a teenage girl and her day laborer fiancé, who both happened to hail from a two-bit town with a bad reputation. And now God brings more people into the story, the shepherds, a group of guys that couldn't be trusted, who were enlisted to be witnesses of the event and were called upon to share the news. But God saw what others couldn't. Joseph and Mary, those two young people from Nazareth, would courageously obey as they stepped out in faith and followed God. And the shepherds, shepherds who would seek out and worship the Savior that the angel had told them about. So what was their response? Well, we see they went to see him. In verses 15 and 16 it says, So it was when the angel had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. 
they immediately went to find the newborn king. They left the fields where they were watching the sheep. And it's interesting to think about it as they were shepherds near Jerusalem. They were probably watching some lambs that were being prepared for temple use. The sacrifices that the Jewish people would would sacrifice, which pointed to the ultimate sacrifice, as they took care of the lambs, they left to go see the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. They went to see him, they sought him out, but also they shared about him. Verses 17 and 18 continues, Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child, and all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. They couldn't help but share about the one who came to save. And the people that heard their message were amazed. They sought him out. They shared about him. And we see that they worshipped him. Verse 20 concludes, Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. They recognized that the Savior of the world, the Messiah, God in human flesh, was worthy of their worship. But that same Jesus is worthy of our worship. But we have to ask ourselves the same questions that I'm sure were going through the minds of those shepherds that night. Who is he? Where can we find him? But we need to go seek him out. You know, it's interesting, the angel gave them two helps to help them be able to find this baby. It says that the baby was wrapped in swaddling claws, lying in a manger. Now, the first one really didn't help much. Because pretty much any baby was going to be wrapped in swaddling claws. That was pretty much how you did it. But the second part helped them identify the place and the person. He would be lying in a manger. A manger was a feeding trough. God himself, humbling himself to come into this world, in humble circumstances, in a stable, really a cave, laying in a feeding trough where they would usually feed the animals. But God did that because he loved us. But the question that we must ask ourselves if you're here in this room this afternoon or if you're watching, have you sought out the king? Is Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior? You know, God sent His Son to come to this earth because we need His forgiveness. We have a sin problem that we can't handle on our own. No matter how hard we try, no matter how many good works we try to do, we are sinful people. And sin separates us from a holy God. 
But God is not only holy, God is loving. And because God is loving, he so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God's gift of salvation. God sent his son to this world taking on human flesh, born in a manger, in order to die on a cross for me and for you. And so while we have come this afternoon to sing and to celebrate, the most important thing we can do is contemplate and consider. Is Jesus Christ your Lord? Has there been a time in your life when you have prayed and asked Jesus Christ to forgive your sins, recognizing that there's nothing you can do on your own to earn eternal life. Titus 3.5 says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy. He saved us. His mercy, allowing Him to send His Son Jesus Christ to die for our sins. And if you're here this afternoon and you have never come to that point in your life where you have prayed and asked Jesus Christ to forgive your sins, this could be your best Christmas ever because you have the opportunity to unwrap the greatest gift ever, the gift of Jesus Christ. And so I encourage you to contemplate and consider that today. And if you have not asked God's forgiveness, that you do that today. And God promises that he will forgive your sins, that he will come into your life, he will be your savior. And you can have eternal life as you follow him. And for all of us, the question is, are we going to be like the shepherds? Are we going to seek to follow him? Are we going to share about him, and are we going to worship him? Let's pray. Father, thanks for your goodness, and thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ. And I pray that you would help us to recognize our need of a Savior, and that your Son, Jesus, is our only hope of salvation. And Lord, let us worship as we sing your praises. Let us worship as we live in obedience to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm going to ask if you guys can uh, sing my favorite Christmas song with me tonight. This is uh, Oh Holy Night. It's the, the greatest Christmas song of all, I think. So let's, uh, let's sing it together as we continue to worship Jesus, what he's done for us.
as we conclude our service this evening, we will conclude it with a very familiar carol, Silent Night. And as we do that, let's lift our candles in recognition of the light of the world, Jesus Christ. Let's sing together. Christmas. God bless you.